service. Once um, John and I were here for the prayer service, a prayer meeting, and how we had the music playing in the background. The song, Pass Me Not. Oh, yeah. 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 Brother Ryan, I owe you one for that other beautiful song. I, I tried to sing in the kitchen, but my heart is still too, tore up a little bit with my mama and my brother being passed on and everything. Just don't feel the strength on it right now. <laughs> so you just pray for me. Pass me not, O oh gentle Savior, hear my humble cry, while on others thou art going with an acapella sister just so I can find myself in my brain I just know there's so many things going on it's tearing my heart apart I won't lie it hurts me seeing brother Dale in wheelchairs different thing I'm just, uh, just the way I'm made my husband I'm very sensitive and things is really I'm like Lord Jesus are we praying hard enough I look at me am I praying hard enough I feel sad on my brother being dead my mom being dead and different Things I'm holding in me. I'm like, Lord, just forgive me. If I'm upset at somebody, if I'm hurting inside, Lord, just forgive me. Help, help me to have the strength yes, to forgive things. might have been right, but I should be stronger. I've been in the Lord for a lot of years, but things still hurt me. And I still like, have things coming up in me. I'm like, just always like, hurting me in my yeah. center of my heart. It's like, I should be like physical pain. I'm going through that right now. And in the holiday season. And I understand Brother Colley 100. I'm 100 with Brother Colley. I'm 100. Like, Lord, just please live up, Brother Dale. I know he wants to be healed. I can't say my mama wanted to be healed. That's right. the fact of it. Like, my husband, I was correct me on that. Like, I might have, like, prayer clause on her did this and that. Right. Wasn't I have faith in God? It was just right. a fact. Like, I loved her so much. I want to see her happy. It's hard when you see somebody your whole life being real sad. Their whole, my whole life. I saw my mom depressed my whole life. That is what I grew up in. I feel like our family was a whole lot. I won't even go through it, but just the Lord knows. It's not a pity party. It's like, Lord, just help me. Help me, Jesus. It's the truth. I was like, Lord knows. I wasn't even to sing any type of songs. But then I saw a text from Brother Boyd. My dad is all out. I can't even text him back. And I want to sing Brother Rhino's song. I won't do him wrong. It's a beautiful song, but it's just don't, it doesn't feel like it's resonating for me at this point. Because I'm like trying to make it only by his grace. And it's past me. Not song. It's my song. It's my song like for the healing that people need. It's my song for the healing of my heart. It's my, my song for the salvation of my children because I can't save them. And I feel every day. Believe me, y'all. When I get hurt, I'm hurt. I am hurt. Believe that. Like, my still smile, but hurt. This could be underneath. If somebody hurt my feelings, I hurt my children. I'm hurt. I'll be trying to press on. I'm just being, I just want to confess the truth. Y'all pray for me. Remember something. Remember me. And y'all, please remember Brother Dale. Yeah. Just seeing him in the physical, like, Lord, just please heal my brother. I know he wants to be healed. 
I want to see him walking around. I love him. He's a wonderful example. I just want to see him just be normal again. It's just me. Maybe I'm just weak. That's what I want to see. It helps me. I pray in Jesus' name. Y'all just pray me on this song so I can only hear myself better think straight. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm going to start over. I'm so hot, y'all. Forgive me. Pants me not, oh gentle Savior, hear my humble Savior, Savior. 
Let's all stand this evening. Amen. It's a tough time of year for people. You know, worked with a young man this morning all day, and he's uh, having trouble. His spouse has left him right here at this time of year, and it's, it's just tough on people. Losses in the family and, and just different things, but that's because we're looking at the material things and the worldly things, not looking at him for peace, joy. And all the many blessings he bestows upon us. Amen. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. The eyes of my heart, I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of you.
the Lord with you this this uh, evening. <clears throat> Good to have our precious brother with us here this afternoon. And uh, Luis and Aaron back with us. Amen. Sure is good to see you all. <laughs> Luis, uh, I hope your family's doing well. But Joseph was saying that some of them, they're not feeling well. So we'll just certainly keep everybody in prayer. Um, yes. Keep uh, Christine and everybody in prayer. This weather change, all the temperature change and all that. It's it's not it's not hot up here like it was down there, is it? <laughs> um, so tonight we're gonna I just want to take a little scripture and from First Chronicles chapter thirteen. And I'm probably gonna start reading this and you'll be like, I I know where that came from. I know where, where Brother Brown mentioned this. Um, and just take a little title, um, worshiping, worshiping in his will, because that's how we want to worship, not just in our own will or our own thoughts or but to worship God in his will and his ways and his time and in his season. Amen. And uh, we know uh, God's got everything in control. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we're so grateful, Lord, for all the things that you've done for us, Lord, and so grateful that we can have confidence and peace, Lord, in the midst of troubles, Lord Jesus, that you're influencing things, Lord. We may not be able to see uh, you at work uh, right right away, but we know God that you're with us. You never you promised you'd always be with us. You never forsake us. You never leave us alone. You'd always be there for us. And I thank God for all these promises that we can have access to, Lord Jesus, through your Word. And I pray, Lord, that tonight, Lord, that you'll just give confidence as the people hear your Word, Lord. That you'll give them confidence, Lord, that you're with us. Lord, maybe maybe in some some places you'd give a little a little extra shake, Lord, that we need something a Amen. little bit more than maybe maybe uh, we're professing so far. We ask, Lord, that you'll just help us tonight, Lord, that you'll open up your word to us. Be with my lips, Lord, that I'll speak truth in your name. Amen. Thank you. So, First Chronicles thirteen. We're just going to read the whole chapter, um, and it's it's a, a a nice little story here. So, um, even though it's lengthy. I think we'll get to it uh, in no time. So in verse 1 it says, And David consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds and with every leader. And David said unto all the congregation of Israel, If it seem good unto you, and that it be of the Lord our God, let us send abroad unto our brethren everywhere that are left in all the land of Israel, and with them also to the priests and Levites which were in their cities and suburbs, that they may gather themselves unto us. And let us bring again the ark of our God to us, for we inquired not at it in the days of Saul. And all the congregation said that they would do so, for the thing was right in the eyes of all the people. Amen. So David gathered all Israel together from Shehor of Egypt, even unto the entering of Himath, to bring the ark of God from Kirjath-Jerim. Boy, that's a tongue twister. And David went up and all Israel to Baalah, that is to Kirjath-Jerim, which belonged to Judah, to bring up thence the ark of God the Lord. 
and that dwelleth between the cherubims, whose name is called on it. And boy, there's some good stuff to pull out of here in there. And they carried the ark of God in a new cart out of the house of Abinadab. And Uzzah and Ahio drave the cart. And David and all Israel played before God with all their might and with singing and with harps and with psalteries and with timbrels and with cymbals and with trumpets. And when they came under the threshing floor of Chedon, Uzzah put forth his hand to hold the ark for the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah and he smote him because he put his hand to the ark and there he died before God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah. Wherefore that place is called Perizuzzah to this day. And David was afraid of God that day saying, how shall I bring the ark of God home to me? So David brought not the ark home to himself to the city of David, but carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. And the ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in his house three months, and the Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that he had. You may be seated, the Lord blessing, bless the reading of his word. <coughs> now, you lay out that, uh, if you really lay out the summation of all that story, you can see that David uh, started off with a good, a, what looked like a really good idea, that he wanted to restore uh, the, uh, the ark of, of God. He wanted to restore, bring it into the, where the children of Israel were, and, and he went forth with all of the, the psalteries and the timbrels and the cymbals and everything. But then at the end of that story, somebody died. So something was off somewhere. Right. And you see, you look at this story, and you can kind of picture that uh, David going forth, thinking that, uh, oh, oh I, I, I got something. I've got an understanding of God. I'm, I'm going forth, and I'm, I, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I, we're, here we go with the ark. But something was out of place somewhere. Now, if you would just want to maybe think, think about ourselves this morning, it's, it's really human nature just as a result of the fall or just a result of the, human, the predicament that we're in to ignore like, like David was doing. There's something wrong, but yep. it's, our, it's our nature to ignore our predicament, yep. to ignore our faults, to ignore our situation a lot of times. Oh, that's why we need, that's why we got to come to church. That's why we have the Bible to expose these little issues and things in our lives that we're, we're just because of how we are that we just overlook. We fail to see our, our own mistakes. We fail to see the way that we are. We fail to see a lot of times where we messed up. And, and, and you know, you come to church and you hear the preaching of the word or you, you look into the Bible and you're sitting there meditating on things and it, it exposes our flaws that without that, there would be no way for you to be able to see the real picture of who you are. I thank God for the revealing of his word. I thank God for his word that we can hold that word up to ourselves and see a reflection back. Are you a reflection of Christ or are you a reflection uh, getting there almost? Are you, you can hold it up to yourself and you can see uh, your mistakes and your failures or you can see where, where it's starting to look like a masterpiece. And what I'm talking about is I, I was I, I was telling Brother Wade I, I had to ride down to Atlanta today just to kind of go into work and, and see everybody. They had a little holiday thing, and I was sitting there in traffic, and I started thinking, uh, now now the cars have blind spot detectors. They got a little light. But back in the day, back before we had all this technology, we didn't have a little light that would light up. You had to be real careful when you merged over into the other lane, look in your mirrors and everything because there's a blind spot, a blind spot where you could have a problem 
problem if you weren't aware of it. And, and what a blind spot is, it's an area you cannot, an area where we cannot see or we choose not to see that thing. And, and I, I was, I think, you know, as we're looking at this picture of David coming with his, with the ark transported the wrong way and all the, all the doings and all the things around it. And, and he had a big old blind spot that he couldn't see that something was not right. Something wasn't right. And so that's why we'll see you maybe tonight we can look and examine our own selves to see if maybe we have a blind spot, something, something that just didn't, something that we're not doing right. Now, blind spot is our aspects. It's an aspect of your personality or behavior or thinking pattern. That's, it's real obvious. Blind spots are obvious to others. Everybody on the road can see if there's a car in your blind spot. Everybody else can see it, but not you. Not you. Now, isn't that funny how blind spots work a lot of times? That everybody else, maybe they can point out your blind spot or you've got a problem with this or whatever, but you just won't realize it a lot of times until something happens. God will shake you like he shook David. Sometimes you'll shake a young person and make them realize, well, all those things that my mom and daddy told me about, it turned out to really be true. I, I do need to, uh, a little bit of an education. I do need uh, a good job. I do need to be able to position well so that when I get married, I can provide for my family. All these things that they tried to prepare me, and then when you get out in real life and you get shooken, shaken a little bit and it's a blind spot now why do we have blind spots I wish we didn't have blind spots but it's just human nature I got blind spots I, I, today I was I was I'm just telling myself a little bit I was uh, we had a meeting at work and somebody was saying uh, what, what did you invite so and so that was was very important to a project and I was sure that I had invited that person to that meeting but turned out I had forgotten to invite. And that's just a little, a little trifling example. But there's all sorts of things that, like that through life that we just, we're blind to. Oh, but then you open up the pages of God's word and it reveals something that's lacking in our lives. Oh, to think now. Now, we're not talking about little trifling things tonight, though. We're talking about the word of God. We're talking about, and if there's a blind spot in the word, God can sure see it in our lives. And that's why he wants us to get in the word and just lay in the word, lay in it so it'll just have an influence in our lives and it will expose these little, these little problem areas, the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's something, a blind spot is, is something wrong despite our best intentions, our best effort that'll hinder you. Just like it hindered David. It hindered David's communion with God. It hindered his fellowship with God until there ended up being somebody dying because he left something undone. He wasn't doing something right in that situation. We got to deal with our blind spots. Now, what Brother Brown said here, he said, we see here what David done in the scripture reading of 1 Chronicles 13. His intentions were good. But God, now, now think about this now. Y'all know how I preach sometimes. I just I, I like to preach in a way that just makes you think and meditate and reflect on what Brother Branham's saying. Amen. His intentions were good, but God does not give us merits on good intentions. Right, now, you see how easy it is to leave things undone. We come to church many times, and we've got a good intentions. We've got good intentions about being a Christian. We've got good intentions, but good intentions are not enough. Oh, good intentions are not enough, my friend. There's only one way to serve God, Brother Branham said, and that's by doing his will at his command. I, and of course, everybody tonight, if we would examine ourselves, we would all say, I want to do his will. But when it really gets down to the nitty-gritty, when it's really laid there in front of you, are you willing to do his will? Are you willing to do what he's asking? 
And what he's asking is for us to disbelieve him. Amen. Brother Ram said one great thing about God, he has not left us without knowing what's the truth and how to do it. He wouldn't be just to punish us for doing something that we didn't know how it was going to be done and then let us stumble into something. He is not that kind of a God. So he let David know what he was supposed to be doing. David knew, David knew the right approach, the right way to carry that ark. Oh, goodness. I'm all twisted up here. He knew the right way, the right approach to carry that ark. He knew the right way to worship. And, and you and I know the right way to worship. Thank God we know the truth. We know the right way to approach God. We know how to get to God. And, and Brother Bram said, how do we, know, we know the truth and how to walk in it and how it works. Now, you think about these, that we know how to, how to get to God. We know how it works. We know how to get healing. How, the, the recipe for all these things is laying there in the Word. How do you get healing? You repent of your sins and lay it before God, have faith, wait on God, and watch God go to work. How do you get somewhere with God? By believing what He's done and have confidence. Look, looking, Brother Brown said he's a God that speaks the Word and expects his children to believe it. Now, there's an expectation laying there in front of every one of us tonight that he expects, when God says something, he expects for us to believe it. He doesn't, he, he's not anticipating for us to get all worked up and all emotional and all in a big tizzy or something, but to have confidence in God. If God says something, then we, have, we can have confidence. We don't have to get all worked up and get all in a big tizzy or something, uh, watching things maybe, maybe go a, di a little different way than the way that he, he, we expect, but to just have confidence that no matter what happens, I, 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 believe, I certainly believe that tonight every Christian here can be a real optimist. Yeah can be somebody that can be like Job laying there on an ash heap that says, well, despite all of these things, yet I know that in my flesh I shall see God. A real Christian is going to be an optimist. No matter what life throws at you, you're always looking up, speaking up, talking up, working up. You're, you're looking up to what God has already said. You're not looking down. You're not talking down to your children. You're not talking down to somebody else. But you're speaking up, up, up always because that's the way that God wants us to go, up always. And oh, thank God that you can know how to get to God. You can know how to meet God. And then Brother Brown said in them days they had only one meeting place where they could meet God, and that was at the ark under the blood. Oh, he said that's the only, that's the only meeting place yet under the blood. The mercy seat was sprinkled to give mercy to the worshiper, the asker, when he come to ask the petition of God. So if you want to get anywhere with God tonight, Oh, if you've got that token life to hold over, to hold over your prayer, you can have confidence that God hears your prayer because you're coming the way that God prescribed to us to come under the blood, covered under the blood that God made a sacrifice to us as he shed his blood on the cross. And you're coming not with that the natural blood dripping over your life, but this, this, that life that was in that blood applied to your life. And you're coming to God with that in that way. Brother Brown said, and God had a special routine, the way you had to go to about that, and he wouldn't accept anything else. He won't accept any other way than by the blood. The only way to get to God is by the blood. And Brother Brown was saying, I'm so glad that you can find reconciliation through the offering of the blood by hearing the word. Now, look at that pattern there. You want to get to the blood. There's only way, only way you can get to the blood is through the word. 
The only way that you can get that get to that life, the life that's in the blood, is through the word. Amen. By hearing the word and the washing of the water by the word, it actually cleanses us. That as you hear the word, it's actually cleaning you. How is it cleaning you? Because it exposes these blind spots and things in your life. It makes you realize there's something wrong. It brings you, it calls you to repentance. You begin to ask God for forgiveness, and it begins to have an effect in your life. And David here, we see that in his heart, he wanted to do something that was good. He wanted to do something that was good. He had no bad motive or no bad objective. The ark of the Lord was away from the people, and he wanted to bring the ark of God back to his place. So the people would consult God about the things that they wanted. So he had a good motive. He didn't have a bad motive. He didn't have a bad objective. He wanted to bring the ark of the Lord to the people. And Brother Bram said, we find out through here where he put his name, and that's the only place that he meets his worshiper. And his name was Jesus Christ. God's name is Jesus Christ. And he said God had a way of doing things, but David just thought that he would just do something for God anyhow. Yep. And he never went about it in the right way. <clears throat> now, that's where it gets examining times. Because many times we can think that we're doing things the right way, but are we doing it the way that God wants us to do it? We can have all kinds of ideas about how that we, we can ask the church to pray for something that ain't even right, ask the church to sponsor something that ain't even right, go out in the world and do something and maybe slap a label on it and say, well, well, you, you know, we're, I, I'm asked, I've asked everybody to pray, do something, maybe go to a ball game or something. They say we're, they, somewhere you know you're not supposed to be. Or, I'm not preaching against ball games, but you, just something, unroll the list. And, and you know you're not supposed to be doing it, but you think that you think in your mind that you think you're supposed to, you're, you're doing it and you don't do it in the right way. You, so many times we think that we're, we're, we're worshiping the way that God wants us to do it or we're doing what God wants us to do, but we're not. And he said, Brother Ramsey would say, God reveals his word in his own predestinated season. So he's building up, for, he's building up a, a recipe for us to know if we're doing, if we're approaching God in the right way. He's, he's building up his recipe, his, his plan, so that we can have confidence that we're appro our approach is correct. Now, now, let's back up a second, because we know that God said he will do nothing until he reveals to his servants the prophets. Now, there's one of, the, one of the main components of this thing. He won't do anything until he reveals it to his servants, the prophets. So when God speaks his word to a prophet, then if you're saying the same thing, you're aligning yourself with what God spoke through that prophet. Now, that's why, that's why I believe, you know, uh, when you, when uh, me anyway, when I started preaching, you know, you kind of think sometimes I'll just go sit under a tree and maybe would God will just kind of give me something to minister but I believe in this day, God has given us a word to preach. We're just, our, our, Brother Bramble said so many times, he just said, say what I say. Just say what I say. In other words, there's a track, there's a line to preach for, that goes from being born again to adoption to a rapture. And there's a lot of little odds and ends and things that we can preach. But he just said, say what I preach. There's a lot of things. I could go and break apart all the candlesticks and all the types and different lot of things, but you, you won't be preaching that, that line from being born again to adoption to all the way up to take us to a rapture. So if we're saying what Brother Brandon preached, then we can have confidence that we're preaching along the lines that God wanted to in this season. 
So we're not preaching. We're not preaching what Martin Luther said, although it's part it's part of the recipe. We're not just preaching what John Wesley said, but now we're preaching what God sent to us by a prophet to unfold to us the complete revelation of Jesus Christ in this day. And so you see the recipe there is you've got to get under the word for your day. You've got to receive what God has for you to receive in the season that it was given. So we're not living in the season of Martin Luther. We're not living in the season of John Wesley, but we're, we're living in the season of a capstone unfolding of the seven seal revelation of the seven mysteries of the thunders. We're living in that kind of a season. Now, Brother Brown said, how could Martin Luther note a message about, uh, note about the message today? Martin Luther could not have known about the message today. How could the Presbyterians, the Presbyterians could not have known about the message of today. Martin Luther, oh, think about this. Martin Luther read the same Bible we did, but it wasn't time in his day for him to understand the things that we can preach about because God sent a prophet, and that's what we're preaching. That's what we're called to preach, not just a little pity patty baby things, but what God sent through a prophet. He said Wesley read the same Bible Martin Luther did, but Wesley was not sent to preach what Martin Luther was sent to preach. Wesley was sent to preach what God sent him to preach and the Pentecostals read the same Bible that we read and Jesus would say, Brother Ram would say Jesus read the same Bible that the Pharisees read. Now to think about that, that different groups can read the same Bible and read it a different way. That we're reading the same Bible that the Pharisees read and that Martin Luther read but, but now that we're preaching something that's greater, it's grown into it because it's a different season, it's a different time. It's a time for us to understand not just in part, not through like a lattice looking at something dark and shadow, but something now we can see the fullest, the full revelation of Jesus Christ. And Brother Ram would say God reveals this word in the season and to whom he chooses to reveal it to. Aren't you so glad tonight that he chose to reveal it to you? He knew that you would want it. He knew that before the foundation of the world that you'd be sitting here tonight. I think that's maybe one of the things that you go to a camp meeting or somewhere and they'll, they'll really highlight the fact that you're supposed to be sitting here tonight. But I want to highlight tonight that here on the Wednesday night, sitting here in the tired middle of the week service, God knew that you would be here before the foundation of the world. He knew you'd be sitting here and he knew that you would want it and he chose you to reveal it to. God chooses who he reveals it to. He chose that before the foundation of the world and you knew that you would be sitting here in the season of this time, in the time when this would be preached, when this would be revealed. Yeah. Brother Brown said it's the sun that brings a seed through its stages. Now you think, you think in the winter time, the sun is only shining for a few hours a day. In the springtime, it shines forth a little bit more. In the summertime, it's just maybe 12 hours a day. And there's different seasons where that same sun is drawing up the seed from the ground. The same sun is pulling up that seed through the different stages of life. It's the sun that's pulling. It was the same sun, the same Holy Ghost and power that pulled that life up all the way down through all the different ages from Martin Luther to John Wesley to Pentecost, up, up, up until finally we're in this age. And Brother Bram said, when it's tender and young, bring it out of the ground, the seed, then give it its leaves in another stage of the sun. Hot sun will kill it if it's the ripening seed or ripening time. 
So he regulates the sun and regulates nature to meet his word. Oh, think about that. That even in your own life, he regulated. The sun was regulating your growth. There was a time when you just couldn't take the abundance of the word. It would have killed. Too much word kills the plant. But there was a time when you could only take just a little bit. But that's still that same sun was pulling and drawing you, drawing you to himself. And Brother Emma said, who is it that will dare? Oh, he's, talking about, he's talking about the life drawing. How could you look at a little plant that's just barely come out of the ground and say, well, I don't think that's the real thing how could you look at something look at something and, and criticize how can we look at one another and criticize and say well i don't think you're the real thing i don't oh brother there's that scripture in the bible that says wait until it grows up wait until the wheat and the tares are grown up together before you go pluck it out wait and see and brother i say who is it that will dare to correct him and say now lord you made a mistake you made a mistake by putting this man in the ministry. This man doesn't believe like we believe. Who is going to tell God he is wrong in it? Sometimes we get so critical. We want to put somebody out when God might still be working on them and drawing them and pulling them. Oh, I'm so glad we got a God that knows what he's doing. When so many people could have been critical of me, maybe still are critical of me, well, you put it whatever category it needs to be in, but yet God's still drawing, God's still working, God's still pulling. Brother Brown would say he made this statement in this sermon. He knows what he is doing. He knows what he's doing as he's drawing. He said he knows who to choose and who not to choose, what to do, and when to do it. I'm talking about what to do now, what to preach to a people that need it in the season that we're living in, when to do it in the seventh church age as a bride is being called out. Not just brides, brides, churches, churches, but a bride that will be the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And he said no matter how much we think that a certain person is qualified to do a certain job, God knows who is qualified for the time and the season or the time and the right time to do it. God knows who is qualified. He said the real true Christian, the real true believer in God waits upon the Lord for these things. Oh, he said, wait. Now, that was a lesson. There's a lesson just to meditate on for a moment. Wait. Well, God says something, Wait. He told the, the, the disciples, go, go to Jerusalem and wait until you be endued with power from on high. And Brother Ram will say, wait, wait on your ministry. If you feel like you're called to be a preacher, wait and see. He said, if you feel a call, be sure that it's God. Be sure that it's right. Now, I find it just in life. Now, this is a good life lesson. Sometimes it's good to just wait and not just rush into something, just rush headlong, but just wait. And wait and pray and tarry and wait and see what God has to say about it. Search through the scriptures and see what God has to say about your decision. But wait and, and see if see before you just jump, jump into it. He said, be sure that it's timely of what you're saying. The Bible said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings like an eagle. They shall run and not be weary if they walk. They'll not faint. And to a Christian now, waiting means expecting. When you see a promise laying there in the Bible, you wait with expectation. I believe it's going to happen. 
That's what Brother Adam told us when we come to church. You come to church expecting, expecting. And whatever your need is, you come to church expecting to be healed, expecting to receive, expecting to receive a blessing, expecting to hear from God. And that's our problem so many times. We don't come to church expecting to hear from God. We've got our little, our little ideas about the person behind the pulpit. We've got our ideas about the church maybe. We've got all these ideas built up, and we fail to expect that God is going to speak to us. But if we'll come like that, waiting, waiting to hear from God and expecting with patience. Now, that's how a Christian waits, with patience, patience, that kind of a patience. If you've got patience, you can wait on your brother and you can wait on God. That's what real patience is, the ability to wait. Sit on that ash heap like Job and just wait for God to move. Sit there and wait and see the deliverance of God. If, you have, if you've got wayward children, sit there and wait, not in a tizzy, not in a frame of mind where you don't even know what's up and what's down, but wait with confidence that you serve a God that hears your prayer. Wait believing. Trust and faith is how a Christian waits with spiritual preparedness. Oh, you made yourself ready. You made yourself ready as much as you can like that sermon that Brother Brown preached. Be still and know or be certain of God. Be certain of God. When, when you've done everything that you can, when you You've dotted all the I's and all the T's that you know how to dot and everything that you can do, you've done. Then all you can do is wait, but now you can wait in confidence. No, you've done everything that you can, and now you can wait and trust in God's providence. Oh, as a Christian, can't we do that? Can't we have that kind of a confidence in a God that still influences lives, that still influences us, that can still move like that, that dove spirit that moved over the water when the world was created. He can still move over your children's hearts. He can still move over your wayward loved ones and draw them back to himself. That's the kind of confidence that God wants us to have. And Brother Abraham said, notice David, king of Israel, just anointed. Samuel poured the oil upon him, and he was chosen of God to be king of Israel. And David got this revelation to bring the ark of the Lord up to the city of David. Now, you think about what Brother Ram's laying out for us, that David was just anointed. He wasn't just some, some uh, sinner out in a strip club or something. He was anointed. The prophet of God had poured oil on his head, and he was chosen of God. And David got a revelation, but yet the sum of the story is he did it wrong. He did it wrong, and at the end of the story, there was death. If you do it wrong, it's going to bring death. David got this revelation to bring the ark of the Lord up to the city of, of David because that's what God wanted to happen. He wanted that ark to be put. He wanted the ark to be restored amongst the people, but David did it all wrong. A revelation is something that surprising and you didn't know about and the revelation was the ark needs to be restored it does in this day it needs to be restored the word needs to be restored let's get back let's get back to the original truth and brother Bram will say now there is nothing wrong but you see david went at it wrong it wasn't the prophet nathaniel that got the revelation now that goes back to what my point earlier God will do nothing until first he reveals it to his servants, the prophets. So in this day, if you get right in line under what the prophet said, just say what the prophet said. Just do what the prophet said. If the prophet said it, 
that's 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 my that's everything that we hang everything on. The prophet said it. I, I'm talking about a real revelation, not just not just quotes that we can argue over and things that we can debate over whether this or whether that. But I'm talking about a real revelation of what our prophet said in this day. And he said it was not the prophet Nathaniel that got the revelation. It was David, the king, that got the revelation. David said, now let's get back to God. Let's get back to the right thing. Let's go down and bring the presence of God into the city. Let's hold a revival. Let's bring the people back. But he got the revelation, which seemed to be good, but it wasn't the will of God. Now, now look how he did. He, this is just how a lot of us do. We want everybody's opinion, but God's opinion. We want to know, we want to, somebody's doing wrong in the church and, and they're, they're, they're about to fall flat on their face and, and they want to go find some minister that will bless like a, like a priest, bless what they're doing. I bless what, they want to go find somebody to say, what you're doing is right. They, but they don't want what God said. They want somebody, they want to go find their friend to say, you know, I think what you're doing is right. They want to go find somebody at school, anybody to, to bless or to, to, to to kind of back up what they're doing other than what God said. So this is what David did. He, he, Brother Adam said he went to the church nominal and asked if they could have the revival. Sure, come on. I believe it's a good thing. He said the priest, now look how he, the priests, the scribes, the captains of thousands, the captains of hundreds, and he consulted them, was this the will of the Lord? And they all said it was. They said it was, sure, what you're doing. Now, isn't that, oh, God wants us to, God wants each of us to have our own revelation. He wants you to have a revelation of where you're supposed to be going to church and where you're, where you're supposed to be living and where you're supposed to be going to work, what yeah, you're right. supposed to be doing in life, what your position in life is. And see, you can't, you can't go through life holding on to somebody's coattails. Right. Right. If you hold on to somebody's right. coattails, you're holding on to what God revealed to them, but it might not be applicable to you. You've got to have your own experience. What happens if you're holding on to somebody's coattails and then God takes them out of the way and you can't hold on to their coattails anymore? And your whole life experience is just ruined. It's destroyed because that was your experience to hold on to your pastor's coattails or hold on to a deacon's coattails or some man when you're supposed to be holding on to God. You're supposed to have a relationship with God, not with a man. That's what God wants you to do. The priests, the scribes, the captains of thousands, everybody except for God. He said, not, oh, not what do you think? Not what do they think, but what does God think? Oh, that's what I want to know, church, tonight. I, I want to know what God thinks. Oh, when you get into your little prayer closet, which so many people have stopped doing, by the way, people don't even hardly pray anymore because they don't, want, they don't care about what God thinks. They don't care about a personal experience anymore. They just want to come and come to church and go through the motions and do the things that they think that they should be doing and not have a real, true, genuine experience with God. That's why Brother Bram laid it out. He said, in the days of Saul, they left off consulting God by the ark. They left off wanting to know what God said by the Urim and Thummim. They left off doing that. Instead of asking the source that he should have asked, he consulted his captains and his great man. He failed to ask the main resource that God always deals through. And you can find so many examples through the scripture 
I like that story that I've, I like to quote a lot of times where the prophet prophesied that Josiah was going to be born. Here comes another prophet to tell him contrary. Oh, you've got to have your own revelation, church. You've got to have your own experience to where if some other prophet comes out from the bushes and tells you something contrary, you've got to have enough confidence like Paul said. If anybody, if an angel from heaven comes and says something contrary to what I have preached, let him be accursed. But David's brother said, David, his intention was good. His motive was good. His objective was good. And to bring a revival in the city, bring the people back to God. But he never consulted the way God told him to do it. How do we consult the way God tells us to do things in this age? Oh, let me see what a prophet said about it. Let me compare it back with the word of God in the season and the time that we're living in. Let me compare it back, understanding the day and the hour that we're living in. And Brother Brown said all the people agreed and the priest and that the king was right. They needed the ark back in the city. They needed a revival. They needed the presence of God. But God had not promised to reveal his word in its season to the peoples. He never promised to reveal it to the king in the season. That sounds contrary, doesn't it? But God, you're talking about having a personal revelation. It better line up with what the prophet said. Everything we do, every action we take, everything we stand for must line up with the word that we've heard in this age. Now, that's kind of maybe a difficult thing to articulate. My revelation, God will give me a revelation, but it's not going to be something like just sitting up under a tree like the Gnostics believed in the early church that we can just come up with some idea that doesn't line up with the Bible. It's got to line up with what Brother Branham said. Like in the days of Micah. When they, oh, they had, a, they, had, they had a revelation. They knew that, that that land, Joshua divided it for the people and give it to them. And the Philistines had taken it over. And they knew that that land was there. But yet it wasn't time to take it. They knew it was time. They had a revelation that that land was theirs. But, and Ahab said, we got a place up here at Ramoth Gilead that actually belongs to us. But Jehoshaphat said, we need to, we need to consult the Lord first. Let's see what the Lord has to say about it. And there were 400 other prophets. 400 others that stood separate from Micah. Oh, God, if God can just get a hold of one man, that's all he's looking for tonight. Just somebody that he can get a hold of and use their life. Somebody that will stand for him, even if there's 400 other prophets, 400 other people that believe different. But if God's behind you, if God's behind you, how can you fail? Micah said, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have not a shepherd. What's, what can we get from that? It matters who you listen to. Micah versus 400 other prophets, but it mattered because Micah's word was right. And Brother Ram would say, you say prophets? <coughs> the very man that consented to kill Jesus Christ prophesied because it was his office. He was high priest that year. These men looked upon it in a natural sense. It belongs to us. But you see, they didn't find the word and will of God. It might say on paper that it belongs to you. It might say on paper. You can read it in the Bible. It belongs to you. But you better wait on the will of God. Wait on the will of God until you can actually claim it the way that God wants you to claim it. Go on the right avenue and the right channel with the right approach and the right motives and all of those things so that God can manifest it in your life. 
<coughs> Micah come down and he had a vision and it was absolutely contrary to the others. Because why? It's got to be the word with the word and at the season. Now, <coughs> now, now listen, church tonight, listen to what Brother Ram's saying. He said, David sent singers and he sent people with harps. Oh, they were having a real good worship service as they carried that ark. They were praising God and believing that they were doing everything right. He sent people with harps, with trumpets, and they'd done every religious thing that they knowed how to do. And still, God was not in it. Now, now look, look what happens when God is in it. When God was in it, when Solomon dedicated the temple, just about before they even brought the ark, I think it was before they, that before they could even get everything situated, the, the Holy Ghost, just for the presence of God, filled that place so much until they couldn't even, they couldn't even see to be able to worship. That's what the Bible says. They, the priest could not even see in order to minister to the people. Oh, but when, when, they, when everything was all out of kilter, it just didn't work right. Brother Ram said David shouted with all of his might, and he screamed, and he jumped, and he went through every religious motion that there could be, and still God was not in it. Everything David did, it didn't work. Oh, if you want to get the real baptism of the Holy Ghost, if you're in need of a blessing, you come according to God's approach. You come according to the way God said it. If you want to see a blessing in the church, come according to the way that God said it and make sure that His will, you're aligned with his will and doing it the way that God wants it done. <coughs> he said their religious emotion and stuff was great. Their intentions was great. Their crusade was great. Their singing was great. Their dancing was great. Their shouting was great. Their music was great. And they had the ark. They had the ark and all that represented. They had the ark and all of the things that were on the inside of it. The tables of stone and the, the, the almond bud and all the different, the manna and all that there. But what good is the ark? What good is all of that without God? It's just a wooden box, just a couple of tables of stone. What good does it do? To be baptized if you're not first repenting. Right, I'm going to go baptize myself, get, get baptized and not repent. What good does it do? What good does it do to take communion and become a hypocrite if you don't live the life and believe the rest of God's word? What good does it do? Oh, oh this might be a kind of a hard thing to preach on tonight. But what good does it do if you're taking communion what you won't do the rest? What good does it do if you take communion just to please your mama and your daddy and do all these things? What good does it do if you leave the rest undone? What good does any of it do without God? That's what I want. I want God. I want God to look at my life and be pleased with it. I want God to look at my sacrifice and be pleased with it. I want everything that I do because what, what good is any of it without God? <laughs> He said, take part of it and not the rest of it. It shows there is something wrong. What good are all the rituals and the sacrifices without God? Take all of it, the word and the blood. What good is the word without the blood? What good is the doctrine without the life? What good are the symbols without the reality? Now think about that. What good is the word if, it's, if the life cannot be manifest in your life? What good is it to have all these symbols that we read about and not see it manifest? What good is it? And Brother Amos said, when all this happens, see what happens when God and his age and his time is not considered just the people's idea. Yeah, that's right. Wait. Wait. Now, this feels like a kind of a harsh message tonight, doesn't it? But these are the things that Brother Branham, Brother Branham preached this sermon two times before he went off the scene. 
And the last time he preached it was a month before he went off the scene. And if you want to really get the essence of some kind of a cutting message, you go back and listen to trying to do God a service without it being his will. I, I want you to encourage. I, I think sometimes, you know, you preach and minister, people go back and listen to your sermons over and over again. I don't want you to do that tonight. Don't listen to me. Go listen to what your prophet said and see what he told you before he went off the scene. See what he said at the end of that sermon and let it cut you deep. Let it cut and scar and, and mold you into the image of what he's trying to get across there at the end of that sermon. He said, wait, you might want it, but what does God say about it? And that's what I want tonight. I want to know what God said about anything. Before we make a decision, before we do anything, before I take a step in my life, I want to know what God said about it. I want to make sure that I'm lined up with the prophet of the age. He said, wait, let me see what he said. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. But they consulted everyone else. Everybody else was consulted but God. He said they consulted only the priests of that day, the theologians, the denominations. And notice by doing that, consulting the priest and consulting the congregation, consulting the people, they did it wrong. The ark was the word. We know that's right because the ark is Christ and Christ is the word. See, the ark or the word was not put in its first ordained, original ordained position. Let us see, Brother Ram said, what happens when God and his age... And his time is not considered just the people's idea. Because we all, we all got blind spots. We all got our own ideas about the way things should work and the way things should go. We all got these things, these faults in ourselves that we don't even recognize. Oh, but the word will expose it. The word will reveal our problems and the word will correct it. He said, by going to the priests, by going to the theologians, and by going to the military forces, and not even considering their God-sent message of the hour, Nathan, they did it wrong. Yes. They went and picked up the ark and put it upon a new cart, a new denomination going to start up, and not upon the God-given, ordained way to pack it. <clears throat> now, what's the ordained way to pack it? Not on, some, not on some animal carrying it like that. Pick that ark up. The Levites pick it up and put it over their heart. That's the way God wants his word packed. He wants to get a hold of somebody's heart. He wants somebody to yield themselves to him. If he could just get a hold of one person's heart, somebody that will stand in his face of 400 prophets or 1,000 prophets, or if everybody in the world was a prophet that preached contrary to what you believed, it wouldn't matter at all. He said, you got to go back to the way that God said do it. They put it on the shoulders of the Levites, and that was over the heart. The ark, the word is not to be packed upon a new denomination. Now, now we're, not, we're not struggling tonight with a denomination. What we're struggling with is our own ideas and our own thoughts about how we think things should go. But you don't pack it that way. You don't pack it on some theories of some man, some theories of somebody's ideas, but you pack it over your heart. 
over the heart where God can speak to you and reveal himself to you. The word of God is not to be handled by denominations. It's to be handled by the heart of a man where God can come in there and reveal himself. Oh, that's why so many times he would reiterate, God don't care how much education you got. He wants your heart. He wants somebody's heart that he can soften up and make it from being stony and rough and, and won't come to the altar and won't raise their hand and won't say amen to where they'll give themselves wholly to God. The only one thing that Christ will be wrapped in, and that's your heart, not your creed. He wants your heart. And then you think about this as we're approaching the holiday time, that that's the only thing that he can be wrapped in. There's no swaddling clothes that we can wrap him in today, but he can be wrapped up in your heart. And that's where God wants to be. Amen. Psalm 119 said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might sin against thee. Where? Not in my head, but in my heart. And Jeremiah 31, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. And Brother Ram will say, Notice upon the shoulders of the priests and David and all the priests that really ought to have known better. <coughs> but what was it? He said the priest should have known better. The scribes, the theologians should have known better because the word said not to do that, not to carry it in a cart pulled by an animal, right. not to do that, but to carry it on the Levi's shoulder right. over the heart. Oh, there's no idea. I'm just saying what Brother Ram said. There's no idea, no thought, no man, no man's idea greater then God, we must subject ourselves to what God said in the season and the time and the age that we're living. The word for the season, the time that they were living in was ignored. Oh, to think now, what are we talking about tonight? That you can be real enthusiastic about coming to church. You can be real enthusiastic about what you're doing. You can be so stoked about what's happening, but you can be enthusiastic and be wrong. Here's how what must take place to know you're right. And we'll be closing in just a moment. I was trying to go 45 minutes tonight, and we're already in an hour. Actually, we're, we're about 50 minutes. <laughs> now, you, you've heard all these things before, but tonight I'm just, I'm just reiterating. I'm, calling, I'm, I'm restoring these things to your, bringing, to, bringing them to your remembrance. He said, notice there in following God, and I want you to kind of jot this in your mind to keep God's commandments, to do anything right for God, to do God a service correctly. There's five musts to do God's service correctly. And these are all things laid out that to just reiterate what we've just been going over. It's got to be his time. It must be his time. It must be the time, the day and the hour that we're living in. It's time for the revelation of the Son of Man to be preached. It's time for all these things to be preached. He said, what if Jesus would come and say, now, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll just go up on the mount like Moses did and get a new declaration of laws. He was that law. Amen. And it must be his word. It's got to be his word. Everything that we do has got to compare back to the word. It's got to be his word. It's got to be a present tense word. A present tense word for the season and the time that we're living in. It's got to be his time and it's got to be his word. It must be his word. He said, I don't care how much dignitaries, I don't care how many kings, I don't care how many great preachers, but compare everything back to the word. Yeah, and, mu and it must be by the person he has chose to give it and to do it. Right. It's got to be by the person that he chose. He chose a person to deliver it right. and he chose a people to receive yeah, what was right. delivered. Right. It must come by the prophet's. And the prophet must be vindicated. 
And I'm, I'm going to be winding down on this note to just kind of prepare to close, but it must be, have you ever stopped to think about what it means to be vindicated? <clears throat> vindicated means to be cleared from blame, suspicion, or doubt often after the fact. In other words, many people have maybe listened to Brother Ram's message and thought, well, I don't know if that's true, but you hang around long enough and let that word anchor in your life. I know all the pillar of fire and all the, all the pictures and things, those are proofs. But I'm talking about something different. I'm talking about you begin to meditate on what he said and let it really anchor in your heart and soul. And what maybe you originally thought was a little bit suspicious, it begins to take root in your life and begins to change you. And it removes all the doubt. And that makes you the vindication, you the proof of the thing. You sitting here tonight, you are the proof. <clears throat> and anything contrary to that word, any man's idea, anything like that will mess it up. I'm talking about any influence contrary to the word will mess up the whole story. <clears throat> let's wrap. Let's wrap up. I, I know. I, I, I feel everybody. Time to wrap up. I'm, <laughs> I'm, anyway, the, this thing, this thing that David done without consulting Nathaniel and getting the word of the Lord for it, it caused death to strike sincere people. And Brother Ram said, as, we, as we're about to close, he said they did two things wrong. They went down there by not consulting the word of God. But they didn't consult the word of God. But then when they did, they went contrary to the word of God. They didn't consult the word of God. Let's really anchor that in our hearts tonight. The two things that they did wrong, they didn't consult the word of God. Now that, of course, is going to lead into the next thing. They went contrary to the word of God. There's where you and I will always go astray. If we don't consult the word of God, let me see what God's word says about it. And the Bible says in first Chronicles 13, the scripture we've been preaching from when they came under the threshing floor of Chidon, Uzzah put forth his hand to hold the ark for the oxen stumbled and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah and he smote him because he put his hand to the ark and there he died before God. When David saw this thing happen, it woke him up. Now, isn't that how we are so many times? We got to be shaken to really wake up. Don't wake up too late out there, brother. He's seen that death had hit. What's the point, brother? I was making. I don't care who says anything contrary to God's word. I don't care who it is, and he's laying it out. All the ones I don't care. Don't care. He said, I don't care what I say. Brother Branham said, I don't care what I say or anybody else says. Even putting it to his own self, anybody says contrary to the word of God. Oh, you just stay right with the word of God. Now, there's a lesson for us all. There's a lesson that sometimes takes us years to learn. Don't set your eyes on a man. Don't lift up. Don't get caught in the cult of personality. Don't lift up me or anybody else. You stay right with wor the word of God. Keep your eye on the word of God and nothing else. He said, look at the, today at the big crusades that we've had across the land. It's proven that it's been vain. And didn't Jesus here say now in Mark 7, Seven, in vain do they worship me. Right. What's he talking about? That you can have all your dots, and your eyes dotted and all your T's crossed and everything. Be, be, be real enthusiastic about it, but yet be worshiping God in vain. If you don't come according to those five musts, what season are we living in? What time are we living in? Who did God choose? Is it according to the word? 
all of those things. Enter anything contrary to the word and its season is in vain. In vain did David bring the ark up. In vain did Ahab train them prophets. In vain did Balaam take that money. In vain. Because why? They didn't wait. The musicians can come. They didn't wait. They that have the spirit of God wait for these things. And Brother Brown said as we close, he said, in one day, you'll see that the one that you feel in your heart and see his identification will become personalized before you. Then you and he are one. If you just wait and come according to those five musts, you've united by the word, and the word was in the beginning. We'll go back to the beginning, which is God. And that day you'll know that I am in the Father, the Father in me, I in you, and you in me. He said, how will he take his bride as we stand to our feet? How will he take his bride by the word, not a new cart, not by some theologian's idea, but according to his word, he'll identify her. Don't put one thing to it or take one thing from it now. Leave it the way it is. Leave it the way it is. And before we close, I just want to encourage you, when you go home and maybe you pull up this quote, this sermon, listen until he gets to Deuteronomy 4 and then pay real close attention to what he says at the closing of that sermon. You love the Lord tonight? Let's, let's worship him a little bit in song. If we're coming according to his will, we've got something to worship about, don't we? Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation. If you have a need, we're happy to pray with you. He promised it in his word. He wants somebody to believe him. He wants his children to believe him. Now think about that promise. Think about that. He wants somebody that will give him his heart. This is my story. Praising my Savior. Echoes of 
about that, that he's weaving a story in each of our lives that we can look back on. He's trying to weave a story of a real genuine believer.
And if we hold ourselves up to the mirror of God's word, we'll see what we look like. God bless you, saints. We'll just be anything. And I'll turn it over to Brother Wade then. Real quick before we go, um, thank y'all for having for a good weekend that we had. Appreciate all the gifts and things that were given. We sure appreciate all the food and everything that we had to eat. But there's a um, a, a family here that has a need, and um, they're in need of an electric stove. They have nothing to cook with, but it has to be an electric stove. Uh, if anybody has one. Um, and they also don't have any heat in their house, so we've given them a heater. Um, and if you have anything like that that you can, like a space heater or something, uh, the Lord puts it on your heart to, uh, you can come see me and, um, and we can try to get them, um, get them something to cook on and something to, that's all they really need and right now. And, uh, but, um, uh, I would appreciate if you have something, just let me know and we will try to get it to them. So this time of the year, I like the heat in the house in the wintertime, amen. And we're, we're fortunate enough to have it. Uh, some are not. Some have made a choice to move here and be here and hadn't got established good yet. So we want to uh, to try to help them, help them along. Good to have Brother Smith with us. God bless you. He said he'd been here about 20 years ago, so I, he probably looked a little bit different than that. He's a little bit less gray. But good to have you with us, brother. God bless you. And just worship the Lord in any way you feel led to. So we just appreciate having you. And, and remember the regular service on Sunday. Uh, brother Anderson and them are going to be traveling. Good to have our travelers back, like I said before. And uh, we sure appreciate you, and we'll have a have a good time this coming up. But if you have any, this coming up weekend, but if you have anything, uh, even if we, uh, I'm going to give some money myself to maybe take up something and we can get something like that for them, but, uh, they have a need and they have not said anything to me about what I'm saying tonight. So, um, but I want to put it before us as a group, if we have anything to help them out a little bit and, uh, and Lord will, uh, Lord will bless you a lot more than you'll bless them. I promise you giving you shall receive. So we're going to uh, uh, dismiss now. We, we appreciate Brother Bob and, and the gift he's brought to us and Brother Aaron and Brother Luis, the gift that they have. They've, they've, now they're back over here, and we're going to hear a um, mission report from them maybe sometime soon. Uh, remember, like Brother Ryan said, we're going to have a weekend meeting. We have decided to have a meeting um, with um, – we'll try to get some of the other Hispanic brothers because Brother – Eric will be with us now all weekend. Brother Luke Gibson um, is not going to be able to be here. So that Saturday and Sunday, we will have two services with Brother Eric, and we're going to send out flyers. I, I announced it Sunday. I don't know if, the, if Luis and them saw it or not, but we're going to invite the Hispanic brothers and just have a weekend um, of fellowship with the watch night service and then the service on Saturday. Sisters, you need to get together and, and see if uh, we're going to do a little. We've always done, always done finger food on New Year's Eve, so it's just the same. We'll just do it Saturday and Sunday. So uh, we'll have enough for Saturday, and we'll just do it on Sunday. That'll be Saturday at 6 o'clock. And Sunday, no morning service. We'll have a service at 8 p.m. From 8 to midnight, we'll be our regular watch night service. So just keep that in prayer. And we love you with the love of the Lord. So let's dismiss. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day you give us. Lord, I pray that it would open up our hearts, Lord, to 
the ones that are in need, and that you'll bless us, Lord, and take care of us on the highways and the way home, Lord. Thank you for the message tonight, Lord. We pray, Lord, that we, we will be in, in your will, Father, and do the right things, and, and let us ponder these things in our heart as Mary did, Lord, and, and let it become a reality, Father. We ask you to just bless each one now and take care of us till we come back together, Lord, on Sunday. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Regular services on Sunday. Salvation.